Christian faith and fiction, inspirational reading suggestions, along with chats about the Christian faith. The following episode is an audio version of a video that I recorded for my YouTube channel, Christian Faith and Fiction. If you would like to watch the video rather than listen to the audio, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes. Please do share your thoughts by commenting either on the video or on the relevant blog post. Links in the show notes. Hi, it's Lou from Christian Faith and Fiction. Happy New Year. I have finished wrapping up the books I read at the end of 2023. Uh, There's quite a few different ones there. Um, Some Christian fiction and some non-fiction Bible study type of books. Uh, some Christmas themed ones as well as some others as well. I I read quite a few books because the Christmas themed ones tend to be quite short. So I record them, uh, I record my reviews as I'm going along. So let's see how I got on. Hey, I finished The uh, Looking Glass Illusion by Sarah, Sarah Ella. This um, is the second book in The Curious Realities duology and it is um, fantasy, futuristic, dystopian and it's heavily uh, influenced by the books about Alice, so Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass and it has a small amount of Christian allegory um, I would say. The first book was more um, based on Alice in Wonderland. This one has a lot more to do with Alice through the Looking Glass. And um, I am quite familiar with both those books. I found it helpful to have read those before when I was reading this one because absolutely everything relates back to something in those books, whether it's the world that's going on, whether it's the names of the characters, whether it's the sort of magical elements in the book everything sort of relating back to that one. I'm not going to go too much into the plot of this book as it's the second book but um, I will say that Alice through the looking glass shows up a lot um, in this book and I would say I would recommend reading both those books before you read this duology. I really enjoyed the creativity of this book. I enjoyed the world and the characters and how everything comes together and the fantastical elements of the story. I enjoyed my journey through reading the story. However, there were a few things that sort of took away from my enjoyment. The first one is it is quite weird (laughs) as a fantasy book. It's definitely on the weirder side of the scale. Um, So that's something to bear in mind if you are picking this book up. Um, I liked the weirdness, I liked the strangeness, but for me it did cross over the line at times into too weird because I was confused at times and there were some unanswered questions which maybe if I read it through again I might make sense of, but yeah it definitely crossed over for me into too much. I enjoyed the weird creative elements of it but, but it did get too much for me. Um, And secondly, there were some things that I was expecting to happen, really hoping to happen, and they didn't happen. Um, So, although I really enjoyed the journey, when I got to the end, I felt a bit deflated because it wasn't what I wanted. (laughs) I didn't get what I wanted from it or what I was expecting from some of the hints and clues. Um, It turned out in a different way. Um, 
For instance, I was really hoping there's going to be a really strong Christian allegory throughout the book and there were moments of like echoes of the Christian faith throughout it but I didn't get what I was looking for. I think if I'd have gone into this book knowing that that was not going to be the case I'd probably have enjoyed it more because all the way through I was like oh when's it going to be when's it going to happen something's going to happen I feel like this is you know this has got potential for a really strong Christian message to come in at some point and then but it it didn't go there so (laughs) I was a bit disappointed with that and maybe I missed some of it because of the strangeness of the story um and the confusion the bits I got confused with but I don't think I did (laughs) so yeah it's still classed as a Christian fantasy I think um I would rate it 1.5 out of 3 for Christian faith rating I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 for a story enjoyment rating of 4 stars. Um, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the first one. I gave that one 5 stars. Just um, one thing I'll say on the content. There was one word in there that is uh, considered sort of bad language in Britain. And it I'm not going to say it out loud. It's the B-U-G-G-E-R off um, phrase that she actually put in the glossary at the end. And she said it means... Um, go away which technically it does um but i'm not going to tell you what the b word actually means you can look it up from yourselves um because we've got younger viewers and i don't want to get into problems with um youtube and everything it's a bit stronger than just telling them to go away it's not a british phrase it is actually an offensive phrase which i um didn't know that when i was a teenager so um but once i knew what it meant I I never use that one again so yeah. I finally finished reading a couple of commentaries I've been reading for over a year maybe nearly two years I'm not sure and there's two on Matthew so the New International Biblical Commentary by Robert H. Mounts and the Message of Matthew by Michael Green. These are both um, how do I describe them? They they are kind of academic but they're not they're from the position of people who have a genuine faith i believe um from reading these they sound like they actually believe that the bible is the word of god and rather than just a, a classic text or um, written by men um they don't pick it apart in the way that some commentators do so um this coming from more of a position of faith I found them really helpful. I didn't agree with everything that they um, said by any means, but most of the stuff I found really helpful and um, helping me to dig deeper into the text, get to know more about the context and have a better understanding of that as well as like some applications for it as well that they, um, they go into. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed this series. I'm gonna pick up other commentaries in the future in the same series. I think it was helpful having two different perspectives because sometimes they didn't agree or they had different things, they brought out different things from the text um, and that was helpful in my studies. So yeah, I would give them both four stars. I finished reading The Love Script by Tony Shiloh. This is a Christian contemporary romance. It is following Neve, who is a hairstylist working in LA, wanting to get into having more of a 
business in Hollywood or a salon and um, she is, uh, one of her clients is the mother of a great star in Hollywood and she's there and um, at some point they're kind of leaving together and there's an unfortunate incident and a photo of them gets leaked to the press together and everybody thinks that they are um, together, maybe sleeping together. And so in order to sort of combat all of this, they come up with this idea of having a fake dating um, relationship. So that is how the story kind of starts and goes on. And it's kind of following them as they are navigating their emotions through this. And they're also what they think God will think about it and their faith throughout it. On paper, this story should have been a really good match for me. I like the setup of it, I like the characters of it, um, I like how much faith content there is in it through most of the time, um, but I just, I didn't, I didn't get on with it really. I got bored in the middle and I ended up speed reading through the second half of it. I think part of it is that the story to me felt like the setup from a, uh, a novella, a short, and if it had been a short book I would have really liked it but it felt like it had been sort of stretched out and elongated to make a the length of a, a full-length novel and rather than like I would have preferred it rather than they just sort of added more into the plot in a linear way that they actually layered in more subplots and gave a bit more variety to the story I really need for contemporary romance a bit more going on other than just their relationship and what kind of impacts on that. There was a little bit here and there of different things and a few different characters but I really needed a lot more of that just to give more variety to keep my interest. So yeah I did, um, yeah it made me a bit go into a bit of a slump because I wanted to finish it but I, was, I wasn't really into it while I was reading it so much. So yeah I did speed read through in the end and I don't usually like to do that. I like to take my time and immerse myself in a book um, but I wanted to finish so I could get onto my Christmas books and reads. So yeah, I don't know whether I'll continue with the series or not. Um, yeah, the faith content was pretty high throughout. There was one instance where one of the side characters was practicing yoga and nothing was said about it. it just said how fantastic it was. Didn't say whether it was meant to be just exercising on their part or whether it was like actual yoga with. The, the chanting and the meditation and stuff which I don't um I, I don't find helpful I don't think it would be helpful to any uh, Christians coming out of a new age background I think if you just if you just mean that the character is doing like exercise and stretching just use the word exercise and stretching don't use the word yoga because it means so much more to people who actually have practiced it particularly people coming from a non-christian background coming into Christianity yoga is very much the Hindu kind of form of yoga with all the other bits added in, not just doing some stretching. Um, so yeah, if any Christian fiction writers are listening to this, please, can you just not use the word yoga in your books? It would be a lot better and I have to. Um, so this one would be a, a Christian faith rating of three out of three minus one uh, for that sort of problematic bit. Um, but it, that, it was only mentioned once and, and I have a sort of two strikes and you're out uh, view about DNFing books. So it just mentioned it once. She didn't go into any other sort of new age stuff later on in the book. So I was very thankful for that.
Um, so three, three minus one for Christian faith rating and a um, six out of ten for story enjoyment rating. And I'll give it three stars on Goodreads. Hey guys, I have just finished reading a couple of books I want to talk about. Uh, the first is by Sophie Hanna. It is Hercule Poirot's Silent Night. These are like the new versions of Hercule Poirot's stories that Agatha Christie originally uh, wrote, but Sophie Hanna is now writing some new mysteries. So they're completely new as far as I'm aware. Um, don't know if they were ever based on anything that Agatha Christie ever like had planned out or anything. I'm not sure about that, but they are they're new ones. Uh, so this one is set at Christmas and it is following Poirot with Inspector Catchpole, who is a character that I'm not aware of that popped up in any of the, her original books. So it make it was a good. I'll come back to this in a minute, but it was a, I think it was a good decision to do to make him the perspective character and the narrator for the story. But he doesn't want to spend Christmas with his mother. He wants to spend it with Poirot, but his mother somehow. Uh, gets them both to go to stay in this country house where there is has been a murder in a local cottage hospital hospital this is set in like 1931 they are really not wanting to spend Christmas there but they are sort of get employed to um, solve the murder that happened in this nearby hospital the person who owns the house um, lives in the house she is really worried for her husband's safety because he's about to go and stay there because he's got a terminal illness for whatever reason she's worried that he's going to be the next victim I gave this story um, story enjoyment rating of 8 out of 10 and Christian faith rating of 0 out of 3 it was clean and um, yeah no no real Christian content to this one but I enjoyed the mystery I thought it was very much in the style of Agatha Christie. The vo I could tell the difference in the voice, but as I said, I thought it was a good idea to have a different character as a narrator, because then it kind of covers over any differences between one author's style and, and another. But it was very much in that vein of Country House murder mystery um, book and set at Christmas. So yeah. I enjoyed the progress of the mystery and the puzzles and the clues and that. Uh, the resolution was okay. I definitely read it in the right time of the year, sort of leading up to Christmas. Then I finished All's Fair in Love and Christmas by Sarah Monden. This is Christian contemporary romance, Christian um, Christmas themed uh, romance. It is not as, as short as a novella. It's like mm, 250 pages, something like that. Maybe just a bit less than that. And it is like a rom-com. Um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was good fun. It is following uh, Mackenzie and Jeremy, who are two people working in the same sort of design company office. And they get called in by the boss who says, I'm going to promote one of you two um, to a give you a promotion. And both of them need to get that promotion for different reasons but they both know that this uh, boss has a habit of promoting people who are the most Christmassy person of the year so the person that brings the most Christmas spirit into the office usually gets the promotion so they kind of get end up going sort of head to head trying to make their office and their colleagues have the best Christmas experience of that year but whilst also 
Mackenzie has had a crush on Jeremy for um, a very long time and she has sort of social anxiety problems. She struggles to talk to people and relate to people. She also has some anxiety issues which may be a trigger warning for some people. Um, she also has a mother who has dementia um, and Jeremy's got some things going on at home as well in his situation. Both of those things are reasons why they could do with the extra money themselves and they could do with the promotion and it's about their kind of competing with each other but also kind of liking each other. Uh, sort of a classic rom-com Christmas feel to it. I thought it was good. I thought the characters were quirky. Um, there was some faith content in there as well. It wasn't too cheesy for me. The characters were sort of individual enough not to make them sort of curl bar cut out standard generic Christmas um, romance and there was enough like stuff going on that was hard, harder to sort of balance out some of the lighter um, Christmassy romance themes as well so I did think it had fairly good balance to it. Content wise it was clean, there's a little bit of focus on the desire side of romance but not too much and the only thing that I uh, would, would say is there was one mention or one uh, recommendation of a book in here that I personally wouldn't recommend as a Christian but apart from that everything else was great. I would give it 8.5 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 2 out of 3 for Christian faith content. I finished reading Christmas at Carnton by Tamara Alexander. This is a sort of shorter historical fiction, um, Christian historical romance. It is set during the Civil War in America and in Franklin, Tennessee, 21 miles south of Nashville. So it's from that perspective in the war and um, I am not particularly into that part of American history as a sort of thing that I would be drawn to but it's a Christmas book and historical and I wanted to read it this Christmas. It is following Aletta who is recently widowed. Her husband died fighting in the war and she's left with a son and she's very pregnant and she is um, at the beginning of the book she's made redundant from the job that she's got and so she's looking for work. She ends up at Compton which is this sort of big house and she's working there and at the same time a um, another guy called Jake is um, injured and he gets sent there to try and recover and see whether he can get back some of his some of the things he's lost through his injuries. So they are thrown together over Christmas, they are trying to do things together to help the war effort and help the widows it has definitely got a Christmassy feel, feel to it and because of that it definitely has some Christian uh, content to it. I, I enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the characters as well. Um, I felt like it was a little bit fast for a romance to be developing. She's only been a widow for like two months or something which seemed very quick to me. I don't know what it was like at that time in history whether people did just sort of form relationships really quickly. She obviously needed support financially at that point um, but yeah there's sort of an attraction in it and 
feelings developing pretty quickly. I, if it would have been me, I think two months seems very quick to have going through the grieving process and be looking out for somebody else or even considering it at all or even feeling anything. I don't know. I've never been through it, so um, I don't know. It just felt a bit quick to me. Other than that, I enjoyed the romance. I enjoyed the story. I liked the different characters, the world. This is like the first book in the series. I think there are more books that are full-length books set in Canton or in this sort of place. I don't know whether I would continue with the series because the time period isn't really one that interests me so much, but I thought the writing was very good. Um, I give it four stars, uh, probably eight, yeah, eight out of ten for story enjoyment. Two and a half out of three for Christian faith rating. Definitely one that is good to pick up at Christmas time and has more weightier content to it than your average kind of very light fluffy romance at Christmas time. Hey, I've finished reading You Make It Feel Like Christmas by Tony Shiloh. This is a sort of short contemporary romance with Christian faith content in it. It's at Christmas, obviously, and it is following Star, who at the beginning of the book loses her job in New York. She's going back to her family for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and she is going back to uh, the wedding to attend the wedding of her sister, her older sister, who is marrying her ex-boyfriend, Star's ex-boyfriend. Um, so while she's there, she meets one of her brother's friends, Waylon, who his mother has passed away and has left him a Christmas shop that he is trying to get on, on its feet and um, run it. So it does have very uh, Christmassy themes. They are working together in the shop. They are going and doing Christmassy things together as well as lots of things going on with the family. I enjoyed the relationships with the family and um, the, the conflicts that come about there and the internal conflicts that were going on. Uh, it was fun and light but Although I can tolerate like cheesy romance at Christmas, I felt like this one did at times cross the line into too cheesy and a little bit cringy. Um, I know that the character Waylon is meant to be a cheesy character. He's it specifically said, oh, you've come up with these cheesy lines and stuff. But it did it did cross the line for me of being a bit like, a mm, um, bit too much. So yeah, um, I would give it a seven out of 10 for story enjoyment rating. There was um, some good Christian content in there, so I'll give it a three out of three for Christian faith rating. Hey, so I'm just gonna quickly do a quick review of A Royal Christmas by Melody Carlson. I just finished this one. It is uh, sort of following that um, Princess Diaries retelling type of thing, um, but it goes off into its own uh, thing. So it's following Adelaide, who is studying to be a lawyer, and she discovers that um, she has a royal father and she has to go over to this country in Europe to meet her father who is dying. And um, it kind of, some of the book follows that sort of story of she's a royal, maybe she could take over from him 
and there are people who don't like her there are people who do like her there's a romance in there um parts of it i found a little bit predictable but other parts of it i found kind of went off in its own direction the parts that were pre more predictable i was a wasn't you know it was okay but the parts that were a bit more unpredictable i enjoyed a lot more so i give this one a 7 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and um two out of three for christian faith rating there is some christian content around christmas time and prayer and that kind of thing um but not a huge amount but there was some there so i have two great books to share with you next i read a Texas Christmas Carol by Karen Whitmire. This is a historical Christian novella and it is set in Texas, obviously, in 1895, I think. It is a retelling of a Christmas Carol and it's following Felicity, who is trying to um, put together some baskets to give away at Christmas to the poor, I think. And she is determined to get the wealthiest man in the neighbourhood uh, to help her out. He is called Evan and he is very obsessed with business and with making money and keeping money and has pushed everybody away from him. He's got a reputation for being quite grumpy and not a people person and she is determined to get him involved because she sees potential in him. It is quite short, uh, it's a novella it was very Christmassy themed. I enjoyed the characters. I really liked Felicity's tenacity and stubbornness and her love of people. And I thought their romance was lovely. It was heartwarming. His sort of redemption story was great as well. Um, and there was some good Christian content in there, I think. So I've rated this one 9 out of 10 for story enjoyment rating and 3 out of 3 for Christian faith rating. And then I read Better Watch Out by Natalie Waters. This was our book club pick for December. And I love this one. So I was kind of surprised by this one. I'd not really heard it much talked about until it got picked for book club. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this book. It is um, Christian romance, contemporary romance with a side order of suspense. So um, I wouldn't say it was completely romantic suspense because the romance is definitely a bigger part of this plot uh, than the suspense elements. But I really enjoyed the like the, the suspense parts of it. Um, really helped the the story to be a great story for me. Um, contemporary romance, I usually need something else in the subplot, uh, something else going on in their lives or internally, just to make it. Um, a good book changed to a great book uh, so this is going to be a five star uh, book for me again it's following Franny who goes to New York she saved up her money to go to New York and meet who the person who she is she thinks she's in a long-term relationship with he went away about a year before they haven't really seen each other but she's gonna surprise him and meet up with him and she is hoping that maybe he'll propose to her and she's got this bucket list of things that she wants them to do in New York while they're there in the kind of build up to Christmas and she's really hoping for that. When she gets there she finds that he is not interested in her at all. He thinks the relationship is actually over and 
she's just um, devastated by that. And her brother is like part of the, I don't know if he's FBI or he's part of something. And he um, is obsessed with security. And so he hires this uh, private security guy, defenseman called uh, Andrew, to take her to the airport to make sure nothing's happens to her and you know get her out of New York he doesn't want her going around on her own but she's determined she still wants to do some things off of the bucket list and Andrew has got this case going on where he's trying to protect this millionaire and his the millionaire's daughter and somehow I won't go into how it sort of ends up with Franny becoming a target in this um plot so we've got this really cute kind of relationship friendship that's building into something more between Franny and Andrew and they're kind of stuck together as Andrew's having to then protect her but not tell her things and yeah I don't want to say too much but she's still trying to fill, fulfill her bucket list of things whilst recovering from a break this kind of breakup but also being attracted to this guy who's now with her uh, alongside that then there's this the suspense plot that kind of going along in the background so it was a really good mix of um, rom-com and a bit of suspense in there as well just that kind of frisson is that the right word of danger added to the plot a lot and I give this one 10 out of 10 for story enjoyment and uh, two out of three for Christian faith content. There was some indication in there that the characters were Christians, but it wasn't a big part of the plot. Um, throughout, there was um, moments where it came and it was an important part. I thought the characters felt very original, kind of quirky, and it was upbeat and fun. And there was a lot of Christmassy feel to it and New York at Christmas. And I also really liked the ending of it as well, which was good. So I finished reading a novella by Cindy Kirk. It's the first one in this uh, winter collection and it's called Love at Mistletoe Inn. It is following a lady called Hope who, when she was younger, got married very quickly, just ran off to be married to her boyfriend. And then immediately she uh, regretted it. And the pastor, the vicar who did the wedding said, don't worry, it won't be, I won't send in the papers, so you won't really be married. Um, and it'll be as if it never happened. But then 10 years later, she's at this wedding fair and she overhears a conversation about somebody else who's like talking about this. And they said, oh, don't worry if you sign the papers, it doesn't matter if you've um, filed them or not, it's still going to be legal. So then she starts to think if she's still married to this guy, John, who she ran away with 10 years ago. Uh, and then she goes home and finds that he's there. He's turned up on their doorstep. So that's what this novella is about. It's kind of in the build-up to Christmas, more sort of December-ish, I would say, than a um, really Christmassy feel to it. So maybe it would have been better to read it like earlier in the month. I thought it was a really interesting premise. I don't think I've read anything like that before. Four. Um, so there was an interesting sort of dilemma about what to do. Are they really married? What do you do if you are? And do they really want to pursue a relationship or not? Yeah, it was an interesting dilemma. Um, it was quite short, so I felt like it could have been a bit longer and it felt a little bit rushed at times. 
um, but I did enjoy it. I give it a out of 10 for story enjoyment rating. I felt like there was some good faith content in there. They did have to pray about what to do and consult God what to do for their future. Um, so I give it three out of three for a Christian faith rating. The final books of the year that I've completed were the Bible in One Year audio Bible by uh, read by David Suchet. This is NIV one and I enjoy listening to him. He has done some audio books, other ones uh, like Poirot because he played Poirot um, in the British TV series and he's read the whole Bible. So this is the Bible in the year. It was great to have like it broken up into small chunks and um, yeah, it's been good to do that. The, the aud audible version seems to have had some technical issues for me. So I don't know why it seemed to like keep want to jump back into other books like the Book of Job. It would just suddenly jump into a different one. So I'm not quite sure about that. But you can listen to his version, I think, and many other audio Bibles on the Bible app, which was called version. I think. I'll try and leave a link to it in the description. And yeah, you can listen to them for free on there and hopefully without the technical issues. Um, and alongside that, I listened to Nikki Gumbel's commentary on the Bible in a year. So every day there's a commentary to go with those particular um, Bible readings. So that was good to listen to. Uh, I don't think it's that old, but I feel like it's going it to... Some of them, the examples and maybe some of the people he uh, quotes from might date a little quickly. So, yeah, don't know about that, but it was... Um, it was good to have something to listen to as I was going along. So I've given them both four stars each. Those are the books that I have read at the end of 2023. Uh, let me know in the comments if you've read any of them, what you thought of them, and also if you have read a really good book recently, let me know as well. I think my favourite one of the Christmas period is going to be Better Watch Out by Natalie Walters. This was a surprise to me, I think. Um, but I think some of the other ladies liked it as well. So those are my thoughts. Let me know in the comments your thoughts. I hope you're having a fantastic beginning to 2024 and uh, I haven't quite got my head around saying 2024 yet but I hope you have a really great reading week. Um, until next time, God bless. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Christian Faith and Fiction podcast. If you would like more information, you can click the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app to make sure you catch the next episode.